In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is Dear Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 186th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to title this episode... How Todd Gurley improves the offense. We're going to look at that uh, here today. We're going to talk about Todd Gurley. A couple quarterback moves in the NFC South. Talk to Tom Brady on the conference call today. Well, I didn't actually get my question in, but I was on the conference call. Uh, I hit star one, but I guess they didn't get to me. But uh, Cam Newton's moving on from Carolina. That's official. And we're going to look at the uh, talk about the new uniforms and the uh, restructured contracts and the free agency tracker and close with uh, what you are binge watching as we are uh, all on the self isolation uh, plan here. Things are getting pretty serious with the um, state of emergency declared in the city of Atlanta. Saw where Cobb County was going to probably call one. Uh, Mike Boyce uh, out here. Uh, but um, so well, I know um, I've got some time to binge watch a little bit and I think you do too. So uh, we also uh, tweeted out the uh, uh, episodes of uh, the AJC's podcast. If you want to go back and get some episodes of the Bowtie Chronicles and some of our other uh, award-winning podcasts to break down uh, uh, Southern Fried Soccer, all the other uh, podcasts that we do, I'll try to tweet that out again for you here, or maybe uh, put that tweet in the uh, blog uh, for for this episode 186 here today. But let's start off with the notion of Todd Gurley signed to essentially replace Devontae Freeman. And, uh, you know, we saw the numbers. We saw what he did last year. Uh, looked like they were trying to load manage and then ran him some late. Uh, you know, I saw in the AFC, NFC championship game against the uh, Against the Saints, when they, um, you know, Todd didn't practice much that week. I spent the week out in L.A. And, uh, you know, when they were going down to get the Greg Zerline field goal, there was a play where he caught a pass and was sliding across the middle. And normally he would have scooted right past that guy, and uh, uh, he wasn't able to do it. So I didn't see as many games last year, but – I'm thinking we haven't talked to the Falcons yet either. I'm pretty sure they're thinking that's an upgrade. Uh, I think he certainly fits Dirk Cutter's offense a lot better. When you look at his um, his running backs that he's had over the uh, years, Maurice Jones, Drew, uh, Rashad Jones, uh, you know, bigger backs. He really didn't even uh, have a back down in Tampa, uh, so much so that he went and got Jacquez Rogers back. So uh, Todd definitely helps this offense just running straight power. Uh, straight off tackle stuff, uh, you know, kind of gives them a 
a Michael Turner uh, element to it uh, where he could stretch. Uh, now, the one thing, you know, Dr. Chow, we uh, got his reports. We're a subscriber to his newsletters. And uh, he talked about the left knee and the Falcons managing it. And maybe not having him practice and so forth. So I think the days are, are gone where, you know, you give him the ball 30 times a game. Maybe you pick 10, 15 spots. But I'm sure with the threat of Julio, with the threat of Ridley, uh, Hayden Hurst, uh, that, you know, and then when you get in the red zone, you got to honor him. So, you know, maybe the other backs roll between the 20s and then you get him in there in the 20, inside the 20. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. What the Falcons uh, think of the health of his knee and how he has to be used. But uh, our medical folks say he's got to be managed. Uh, it's manageable and he can be managed. So the Falcons must feel that way too. So we're going to uh, – I think that improves the offense immensely. Uh, one back that could, um, you know, Sean McVay used a lot of 11 personnel. So that would give you uh, – three wides and a uh, running back and, you know, ran a lot of stretch stuff with them. But uh, the Falcons signed Keith Smith so they could run some power and some stretch stuff with them, some inside and outside zone. They didn't do that much outside zone last year, but uh, we can definitely uh, see where Todd Gurley even even if, you know, the knee isn't, you know, it is an arthritic knee and he has to be managed and so forth, it's still an upgrade. He's only 25. And I kept making the point about Freeman being 28 uh, and probably having something left. And if that's the case, nobody signed him yet, but we, we, uh, we'll keep track of that. But at 25, I certainly think Gurley's got some more left in the tank. And if they manage it, maybe they can uh, – you know, show that he's got a lot more left in the tank, then that immensely improves the offense. Now, the blocking is uh, still an issue. I mean, he's got to have some holes. And I guess what we want to ask them was, hey, was were there holes there last year that Freeman wasn't hitting? Because they haven't done anything with this line. So uh, I'm, I'm wondering, like, hey, well, do they think the line was blocking pretty good, but he wasn't hitting the holes? Or, you know, this line got to block a little bit better, uh, even for Gurley to get some holes. He only averaged 3.8 a carry last year. Behind the shaky Rams line, and then, uh, you know, of course, Freeman averaged 3.6. So, those are the ways that Tad Gurley improves the uh, Falcons' uh, offense, you know, being able to run power, you know, manage him, certainly a threat in the red zone. He can catch out of the backfield, too, so that you don't have to worry about uh, uh, that. But you certainly got to think they're going to go committee here. If Edo Smith can get healthy, Allison can continue to improve. And then, hey, you got Brian Hill, a guy who uh, is filled in and helped out on special teams. So, and you know, you'll have the uh, – they'll probably draft the back. And then you got the Reynolds kid also on the roster. So, that is how – Todd Gurley improves the offense. And let's move on down the line here to uh, Tom Brady and uh, Cam Newton. Tom is uh, he's going to be in Tampa Bay. And uh, 
Bruce Arians spoke about how you know they needed some leadership in the locker room. And the one question I had was, hey, can Tom Brady run this offense? I mean, we've seen it. Uh, Carlson Palmer uh, just, you know, just launching the ball downfield to John Brown in Arizona, uh, like working Fitzgerald underneath. Um, you know, can, can, he's got Mike Evans. He's got uh, Godwin. O.J. Howard's been kind of a, you know, so-so uh, so far in his career. Uh, Cameron Brake's been a little bit more dependable. Ronald Jones came on a little bit last year after being drafted uh, out of USC. So Brady's got some weapons, decent blocking line. So the Bucks and Tom Brady uh, under the risk-it and biscuit attack that Coach Bruce Arians likes to go by. They believe he can play. He thinks he can do it. He talked about... Hey, my philosophy, hey, I throw it to the guy that's open, sounding much like uh, Matt Ryan there. If the guy's open deep, I'm throwing it deep. If he's outside, I'm going outside. If he's inside, I'm going inside. Uh, so they think he's got the arm strength. That was the, the elephant in the room. Can you throw the ball? You know, deep as much as, um, you know, they like to do that in this offense. And Coach Aarons believes he can. And I'm sure if he can't, they'll tailor things around what he does best. But uh, they're acting like he can do it at four. He'll be 43 in August. So good luck to him. Cam Newton out of Westlake High. Uh, great column on the Charlotte Observer uh, website by uh, Scott Fowler about. Uh, Cam's nine years in Carolina, how he wanted to be a star, how he became a star, and how he played the game with joy. You know, he grew up. They got to watch him grow up. You know, the first couple of years when he'd lose, he'd pout. He could, wouldn't come to the podium for 40, you know, 40, 40 45 minutes. Uh, you know, this meltdown after the Super Bowl wasn't really classy. But, you know, hey, uh, he played the game with joy. And, and, you know, from, from beginning to end, and we'll, we'll go down and Panther Lore is one of the great Panther quarterbacks, took him to the Super Bowl, uh, straight out of South Fulton, Westlake High, played at uh, Florida and Auburn, uh, good folks, and uh, we'll wish Cam the best here, it's kind of bogus how they did him, uh, but the injury I think is a factor too. But, you know, to release him after free agency, after everybody's got set with quarterbacks and so forth, uh, you know, Chicago apparently didn't want him, but they gave Jacksonville a fourth-round pick for Nick Foles. So uh, the Chargers don't, you know, um, maybe something will happen there. There's been some talk about Cam going to Rivera uh, in uh, uh, Washington now. Maybe Jacksonville let him compete with Gardner Minshew. Um, you know, folks, uh, the quarterback uh, position, there's not a lot of great quarterbacks, not any MVPs walking around on the street. So I, I fully expect him to get a job here. Uh, as far as Jameis Winston, that's another thing. Uh, he should get one, too. He's got to be better than Blaine Gabbard and Colt McCoy and some of these other backups that are, uh, you know, still around and still in the league. And, you know, maybe he can get to the right place. So, you know, Tomlin, Pittsburgh sound like a good place for him. Uh, you know, earlier in the week, some folks mentioned that maybe Jameis resurfaces in Pittsburgh. So uniforms, we saw the Rams and uh, Chargers do logos here. Talked to Rich McKay last week. Um, 
and, and brought up the uniforms. I knew they were planning or allegedly were planning a, a big unveil party at a location. But now with everybody quarantined and self-isolating, uh, it's going to have to be a digital unveiling. We're surmising, uh, you know, via uh, the intranet, probably something on their website or, or Twitter page or something along those lines. I know they kind of wanted to, it made sense that it would unveil, the New Jerseys would unveil the week of the draft. And then, you know, we can, everybody go out and buy their new Calvin Ridley jersey. I know my neighbor did that two years ago. Uh, whoever the draft pick is, you go out and get the new jersey. You got the fresh hot jersey. And, uh, that would have been, uh, uh, you know, how that whole marketing thing would have went on the uniform. So now we'll just see what the Falcons are going to do, uh, with the uniforms, the draft. Um, there's a report out now that, uh, Goodell wants to make sure the draft is still held in April, whereas some GMs are pushing back because, uh, they haven't been able to make their last check arounds on guys. And, you know, the Falcons said they, you know, 95% of their work is done before you, by the time you get to this period. And all you're doing now is, uh, you know, double checking, having the coaches go out and meet the guy, make sure they like the person and so forth. But uh, during this period, I can't imagine, you know, if people are getting folks on the phone or FaceTiming them or uh, getting the, the requisite time with the uh, recruits or the people that they want that, uh, you know, uh, uh, that is sufficient for them. So the GM seem to be pushing back, and we'll follow that to see if we're still going to be good here for April the 23rd and 25th. Restructures. We knew that, you know, the Falcons saying they weren't in salary cap hell, but they had to cut all these players, and then they had to restructure these contracts. So if they weren't in salary cap hell, I don't know what you call it. Uh, but they did restructure. We saw the... Um, the, the news come uh, across the transaction wire on Saturday, posted this Sunday night. Uh, but, you know, they had did redo Matt Ryan, Alan Bailey, and uh, the third one is, uh, let me see, it was Ryan Bailey, and I'm drawing in a blank on the, the third one right now, but we'll pull that up for you. Matthews, Jake Matthews. There we go. Jake Matthews. Uh those were the three. Uh we we know we had already written that that was going to happen cuz they didn't have any money. So uh that's how they got the money with the restructures and so forth, changing stuff in the signing bonuses and then putting basically um uh putting the the uh money or bonuses over time. So they pushed that back for Ryan, Bailey, and Matthews to create the space. The biggest contract they had was uh, Dante Fowler Jr., which was $48 million. He got $16 million basically over three years. And uh, Todd Gurley's got a seven, $6 million according to one, uh, according to um, Adam Schefter, I got Zach Klein had reported it was five million, uh, and then there's an offset that the Rams paying him, so he's getting he's getting eleven, twelve million. He made he won on the contract deal, even though uh, they cut him. But uh, you know he uh, just was signed a one year deal to see, you know, if he can get back up in the money and get that running back money back up uh, with the big year here with the Falcons. So, so. 
you know, those were the big contracts. And we'll go over all the moves here. We're going to go down the free agent tracker. We had some small moves this week. Then we're going to close with uh, what you are binge watching. So here, let's go over the moves. Todd Gurley, one year. Laquan Treadwell. I want to, um, I got to call my Minnesota people on him. What then? Find out what the deal was. He's a first round pick. I thought he was going to be, I, I, I liked him a lot at Ole Miss. So we'll see, uh, what the problem was there up in Minnesota. Uh, but he got him on a one year contract. And man, maybe there's something there. Justin McCray, he came from the, he played at the Browns and Packers. You know, one of, you know, one of those guys on his third team, 40 games, 17 starts. So if he was, you know, the next John Hanna, he wouldn't be coming here. So that's what I was saying last year about Jamin Brown and uh, James Carpenter, who were also on that third team. So uh, I hate to, you know, let's, uh, we'll see. We'll hold out and see maybe how he can help them. I still say you got to draft a guard, a guard center. Kenyon Barner, we haven't seen him go anywhere yet. Matt Schaub, the club picked up his option. Justin Hardy uh, hasn't gone anywhere yet. Austin Hooper went to Cleveland. Uh, Matt Sims, haven't seen him go anywhere yet. Uh, Keith Smith's back with the Falcons, resigned to a three-year deal. So they're committed to power and having a fullback who can play special teams. So congratulations to Keith member of the Omega Psi 5 Fraternity Incorporated out of Fresno State. Wes Schweitzer's going to Washington. I'm going to miss my buddy Wes. We had such great interviews here when he was uh, with the team. Ty Sambrello, man, he had went out with a bang with that touchdown catch against Tampa Bay. We'll see where he goes. Former second-round pick, had a couple opportunities here and in Denver. Uh, hadn't worked out for him, but uh, I thought he was going to be okay. Uh, as I would have liked to seen him at more guard, quite frankly, but I don't know if he was big enough for that. Uh, of course, Friedman was cut on the 17th, hasn't signed. John Wetzel, offensive backup tackle, veteran guy, quality veteran, but I got to have some quality veteran backup, and maybe that's what McCray is. Luke Stocker was released, pending the physical. Now, on defense, of course, Dante Fowler, basically a swap out for Beasley. Uh, you paid him more money than you would have paid Beasley, though. Agreed to a three-year, $48 million deal. And the Falcons announced that officially today. Treadwell was announced officially today. That means they got their physicals, I believe. Uh, Leroy Reynolds signed by the Falcons today, or yesterday, March 24th. And then Vic Beasley, he's gone to Tennessee on a one-year, $9.5 million deal. Devondre Campbell to Arizona on a one-year deal that's worth up to $8.5 million. Adrian Claiborne still on the street. Jack Crawford uh, still unrestricted. Jonathan Ciprian still unrestricted. Taylor Davidson, defensive tackle, got a three-year deal, so they're committed to him, keeping him around next to Grady Jarrett. He did a great job against the run, the former Saints, so he has a little toughness up front. He's got major swag. Uh, I like him, and uh, that was a good player for them to re-sign. Of course, Rashad Hegman was waived on January 13th. 
Kamal Ishmael was not going to be resigned. Stephen Means was resigned to a one-year deal on March the 9th. Richard Neesman was resigned. We got to update that. Uh, Jermaine Taylor, unrestricted. J.J. Wilcox is unrestricted. Bleedy Ray Wilson was resigned. The cornerback's been, uh, you know, you got to have quality veterans on the team. He's one uh, professional guy. Something happens at cornerback, he can go in there and play. All right. Desmond Trufant released, signed a two-year deal with Detroit. Uh, Desmond got pretty much the same money he was going to get here. So, uh, I don't know. It wasn't an issue about his play. It must have been, you know, you heard that, hey, he wasn't a leader and that kind of stuff. So, uh, good luck to him up in Detroit. Maybe the coach won't try to call him out in the meeting like he did. Big play slay. But uh, Desmond is in the Motor City, Motor City Madman. And kind of one of the, the big lost things in all these moves, our punter, our guy Matt Bosher, Mr. Tough Guy, we liked him because he'd hit you on coverage units and so forth. He's out on the street, and, uh, you know, we uh, you know we saw that coming. He was hurt a lot last year, but looks like they're just going cheaper at the punter position. They've got uh, Ryan Allen, who was signed to a one-year contract on February 18th, and then they released him here on Friday and brought him back on Saturday in a cap maneuvering move. Um, So he's back on the fold. And then Sam Irwin Hill was signed to 510. So they were salary cap strapped. That's why we got these um, punters here. Uh, Of course, Ryan Allen did a good job last year, but Matt Bosher was making – uh, more than maybe was making two more two million dollars, I believe. So you know, they, when you start saving at the kicker spot, uh, that's a uh, that's a pretty tight cap situation. Now restricted, you got Brian Hill. He was offered a fifth year tender. Uh, somebody could swoop him in and give the Falcons a fifth round pick. They take that. Uh, but you know they probably that mean they gave him. They mean they want him back. They gave him a big enough tender. You know, they think nobody will touch him at that tender. Uh, Michael Bennett's on the list. I don't know, not you know that Michael Bennett, the Ohio State Michael Bennett, and then Youngway Cole was resigned on February the 18th. So I mean that's all we have for you here on uh, the Falcons. You know, hope staying safe. Um, how tall Gurley can prove the offense. Uh, Brady and Cam Newton even threw a little Winston in there. Uniform watch, yeah. We're going to call our folks out in Portland, see if we can get them before they try to slip them out to y'all. Restructures, free agent, con, free agent tracker, we went through that. And then binge watching before we get out of here. Uh, you know, I got the new music. I told y'all about that. Um, I'll tell you about that again here. Um, but last week I saw myself watching Self Made on Netflix the uh, documentary on Madam C.J. Walker uh, African American hairstylist who uh, became the first, she's the first uh, millionaire black female millionaire in the, in the United States and an uh, interesting story uh, on Self Made great job by Octavia Spencer in that one and uh, when I talk to my radio guys around the country, they're like, hey, what are you watching? I tell them that. Uh, and uh been watching this other Cherish the Day, a little love story thing on uh, the Oprah Network. 
But they're saying this Tiger Walk thing is crazy. So I'm going to have to get on that this weekend and see what that's all about. So y'all could hit me up on on Twitter at AJC and tell me what you all are binge watching. Now here, our new music here, we're getting ready to go out on. It's from my daughter, Deanna Landra Ledbetter, senior at Howard University and music uh, music composition major. Uh, the cut I'm playing now for us is called In The Mix, a hip-hop duet. The DJ is DJ Detroit. Our bass player is Sterling Tremaine, and uh, of course the track was written by Dion Alandra Ledbetter. So with that, we're going to close here. 186th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. You folks stay safe out there. This is very serious times we're in right now. But let's all do what we got to do to get through it. Reach out and take care of uh, you know, who you need to take care of in your life. So you got some peace. Take care and have a great rest of the week. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants a rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.